Hi and welcome to the Theme Park Trader Podcast and this week we are joined by Adam who is going to talk to us about his thoughts and feelings about the UK's theme parks in response to an episode that Dan and I did a few weeks back so we're all doing it via Zoom and uh, Dan and I are having a chat about the UK parks with Adam so sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us, and when we're brave enough to listen, and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So, as I said in the intro, this week we're joined by um, by Adam, who who reached out to us via Facebook, and I, I guess it was a few weeks ago now where we were talking about storytelling and IP in the UK parks, and um, you wanted to come and have a chat about uh, the UK parks and and your other theme park experiences. So, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, yeah, I've been really looking forward to this. Um, I, I really, really <clears throat> found that episode really interesting, talking about, um, you know, UK IPs and storytelling and theme in the UK, because I think that there are quite a few, like, little hidden gems that you guys mm. potentially either glanced over or, and, I, and there's, there's one that I'm quite cross about that I'm going to fully call you out on. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> so this is why I wanted you on the show, because I knew you would. Yeah, no, um, it's, uh, so actually, well, I suppose we'll, we'll start there. I mean, it's, uh, so there is a significant lack of that sort of stuff in the UK. Um, and I think uh, uh, the one thing I was thinking about this morning that, that you guys, I think, mentioned was um, especially like themed eating experiences and stuff like that. Like there's basically, that I can think off the top of my head, bar, roller coaster restaurant, Norton Towers. I don't think there's any kind of nicely themed immersive eating things and i think that's that is a big issue the um, roller coaster the roller coaster restaurant i thought was genuinely fantastic um, yeah i've never yeah i've never managed to get a booking there because i only i only tend to get down to alton towers about once a year normally around fright fest sort of time and it's always fully booked but i've just all i've heard is amazing things and surprisingly about the food as well as the experience yeah the food was actually really really good so we we didn't know we were going so uh we went literally we got married uh, last June and then the next day we had like a mini moon uh, where our friends drove us up to Orton Towers which is a long drive because um, we're on the south coast and we were there a couple of days and it ended up they were like oh we're just gonna go for a wander and then we end up in a roller coaster restaurant and it was it was awesome it, it was really really good the food as you said was was actually surprisingly good like i didn't expect it from a uk theme park 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that seems to be the kind of resounding opinion of everyone that goes in. They always go in and kind of are really surprised by, you know, the, the quality of it. And also, and, and you know, at Alton Towers, there's not really anything else that good at all. So it's just this kind of like little hidden gem, especially it's tucked right down in Forbidden Valley right down at the back. And it's just real, real surprise to everyone. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's literally just tucked away. <clears throat> Fortunately, after the park shuts, they open up the side gate, which... Um, is incredibly lucky because that would have taken about half hour to get to otherwise. It's it's a long walk to walk across Alton Towers. Yeah. <laughs> and really, I, I always kind of forget, especially if you do the route that goes down through the gardens and it's mm. like, oh, there's X amount of steps. You're like, that's not that much. But that's because on the other side, it's all like ramps like that all the way back up to, and yeah. you just get to the top and you're like, I actually, I need to sit down. This has been a bit much. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what, what snack can I get? Oh, I can get a four-pound uh, bit of Pringles. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and an eight-pound bottle of Coke. Yeah, this is not the Mickey waffle that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my goddamn churro? Um, yeah, so we'll, I think we'll come back to Orton Towers. I want to start with Thorpe Park, because that's kind of my home park. Um, yeah. And I've got kind of a few i've got lots of mixed feelings about thought park i before this all happened and this is in no way official or uh you know subject to any statistics or anything like that i had a very loose theory that actually they might be on their last legs and that's a real shame but it's when you when you see somewhere in such a state of disarray and and almost no investment going in. I, I don't know. I just can't, I couldn't help but think that, you know, and, and things being disappeared, things are still standing, but not operating. You have, um, you've got Slammer that's been closed for, oh, for six, seven years now. Um, and that's still there. No one's, no one's bothered to even bat an eyelid it and take it down. And so it just kind of, it's starting to look a bit like, I don't know, like a theme park graveyard. Um, and they, and there's no, no, no proper investment went in last year. Because and no proper investment was planned to go in for this year. They've just been announcing these kind of very loose events, which you know some people have come back and gone. Actually, those ones are really good. Uh, Bountzilla last year got a really really good uh, response. Do you guys do you guys know about that? No, no, no. Oh, okay, so so they did um they did this big throughout the summer. They basically brought in this massive um, inflatable obstacle course. Um, and they kind of that was it wasn't they didn't upcharge for it it was a free thing that you could go on and everyone seemed to really really enjoy that in the summer when it was really hot they brought out like staff members with water guns all dressed up and they were like shooting you from the side so that went down really well um what was the other thing they did last year oh yeah they did um game fx which they set up like a in their kind of event space they set up like a small gaming area where you could kind of go and play games which i thought was ridiculous it's an expensive day of playing games well exactly <laughs> um and then they also they made a big thing about the launch of their kind of like permanent escape room but they made a thing of it and claimed it to be an event but they still upcharged for it which i thought was again ridiculous mm. so this year on they have done well they're not doing any more but they were supposed to do uh, an event this uh, this Easter holiday where it was something about like um, like glitches throughout the park and the one cool, cool thing about this I thought was they um, they were going to have like random ride sequences 
So you could be like sitting on Colossus, for example, and they'd like launch it and it would repeat and then like detonation drops. I think you guys did mention this in the last one, actually. Am I correct on that? Was that someone else? No, I think, I think that um, you're giving us more credit than we deserve. <laughs> um, so they had that and they had, I can't remember what the other one was. And then of course, both years they have Fright Night, which they still advertise as like a big event, which in their defense is a big event. I've been going to Fright Night for years and years and years. Um, and it's certainly dropped in quality, but it is probably still one of the best, at least theme park scare events in the UK. Um, as well as theme parks, I really do try, I'm, I'm really into like scare mazes and horror mazes and stuff like that. So, uh, so Fright Night's always been kind of a staple. Recently I've started going Alton Towers on, on their Fright Fest because theirs is, is better, it's amazing. But every now and then Thought Park kind of bring in an amazing maze that kind of really, um, really stands out. And it's not often, but just like last year, for example, they opened um, Creek Freak Massacre, which they basically opened, built and opened in the queue, old queue line for Logger's Leap. So it's this tiny, tiny space, it's just a hut. Um, the, the, but the way they, they did, um, they used the space was amazing. Really good effects and just kind of everything about it, really. Um, but yeah, I think that's that, that, I don't know, connecting that, and I realise I'm tangenting massively. Um, um, before you move on to, uh, have you been to Halloween Horror Nights before? I've never been. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about this later. Yeah, I kind yeah, of had, I had an idea of, uh, of, cause I, cause I know you guys have been for the past two years and you're going this year and mm. I really, really want to go, but I kind of, I wanted to see what your guys' opinions were on the UK scene, because I don't know how much of that you've done. And I think that from what I know of Halloween Horror Nights and what I've like seen and stuff like that, they are, they look amazing, but it is quite different. Mm. And I just, I wanted to kind of uh, maybe chat about that a bit later. But anyway, as I say, I'm getting massively sidetracked. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, so back to Thought Park, forgetting all the events and stuff. I, they have a couple of really well-themed things. One of which is that I really like, and I know not a lot of people agree with me on this, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. What they did with X when they turned it into The Walking Dead The Ride, I think that actually did a really good job with it because um, they, they didn't, it's the same ride obviously. And, you know, and it's, and when, cause it used to go backwards originally when it was opened first and then they kind of changed the forwards and everyone was just like, well, this is a bit nothingy. And then they kind of took all of the very loose theming that it had out and just had this weird thing where it was like, oh, and then they had this really tacky voiceover that was like, X, no, uh, X. no, they changed it from X, no, out to X. And it was like, X, ride a wave of sound. And it was like, this doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's just nothingness. It's just an indoor roller coaster with like disco music, rave music and like strobe lighting. So that wasn't great. But once they converted it into The Walking Dead, I think they did a really, really good job with that. They have a really nice facade with like the, what, uh, do, you, uh, do you guys Walking Dead fans? Um, I have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I was to a certain point, and I think mm. now it's kind of. I think I think like most of the Walking Dead fans, everyone yeah. everyone kind of liked it for a bit, and then <laughs> and then and then they ruined it. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so they have like the watchtower up front. You kind of go in and you're held in this, uh, like um, like quarantine zone, and then they've got like 
they've got like a little film and like audio and stuff. And then once you're going through, it's all like strobe lights and sirens and stuff like that. And at, and then once you're on the ride, there are a few animatronics and uh, and like and like lighting tricks and stuff like that. And there's some movies. But actually, I don't know when when you're when you're on there, it feels it does feel very immersive. I think it's because it's quite a small space. Um, what they did do with it is is really good, and I think that is you know a really really good one of them. That sounds, um, so that's, to me, so it's, it's been a while since I've been to Thought Park, and actually, mm. uh, Dan and I were chatting. Well, we've been chatting for a while about going to Thought Park. Yeah, um, and, and, and possibly it was going to be this summer. It may still be unsure yet, but mm. um, it, it, obviously, the last time I was there, that wasn't there. Mm. So that sounds like it, uh, infinitely better than what they did with Saw, which there's just there's just nothing to that ride whatsoever. Uh, I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of the Saw franchise. Yeah. So like, that's the, see, that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna violently disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Saw at the at the time of release, and not so much now because it's one of those old Gerslau Eurofighter coasters, um, which is basically just quite an off the shelf coaster. Um, it, it, it's really roughed up now. It's incredibly painful. But regardless of that, I I loved the theming in Saw. And I think that when when you're kind of... It, it, it's dropped off a bit now, obviously, because they just kind of stopped caring about anything of that nature there. They just don't really pay attention. But when, when it opened, if you... Cause I, did, I, got, I got massively overexcited when that was announced. I must have been like 13. And... Um, and there was, this, there was this amazing rumor going around that apparently you'd go down a drop and there'd be saws in the middle of the track and the cart would kind of detach down the middle and split into two. Yeah. It's these ridiculous rumors. Um, and then it turned out to be a Eurofire, which is fine, I guess. Um, but so like, for example, like some of the props and stuff in there are actually from the films. So when you enter the building, you've got um, the rack trap, which is the one where the guy's got his wrists and ankles tied up. That's the original from the film. Okay. When you go up, yes, yeah, so that's quite cool. What the cooler one, when you're in the loading station, there's like the mess of kind of traps and props. All of the drawings or most of the drawings on the walls are actually original concept art from the filmmakers. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. Um, in the episode, last episode, you said you don't see the doll. You do see the doll, but only, you only really get a good glimpse if you sit. This is a little tip: if you sit on the second train in the station as it loads in, um, the first one kind of just brushes past it and goes and then does its thing. The second one will go around, stop, and he gives you the proper saw speech. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so, so that's that. I think that's um, I think it's a really good point. I think if it was, I guess, I guess if it was, if it was me building that coaster, mm. and I'm not a coaster designer, far from it, mm. uh, I probably would have made the whole thing indoors, and and just just given it a bit more life, to to like because you can go out and obviously you lose that that entire experience as soon as you've left the station, basically. And I think that's that's the biggest problem I have with the ride. I don't think the ride is the ride's not terrible, but I mean, it sounds like it's gone downhill a bit now. But um, I just think there was a bit of a missed trick to build, almost like a, and for sure you could get away with it, like a warehouse ride, where there's just stuff kicking off everywhere, every turn there's stuff happening, and you know what? I had completely blanked out the loading station and the queue from my mind, so I think it's a very valid point. 
when I think they could have taken it further. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, the, the best bit of that ride is the indoor section, and that's just a fact. Um, and then also when you go around that first corner and you've got the swinging axes, which very rarely swing anymore, but that's not the point. Um, and then there's that spike, the kind of like spike wall. Even when I go on it now, and you go down that first like indoor drop, which kind of goes in on itself, um, that's, those spikes, I always find myself ducking because they're such a near miss. Yeah. I really like that. And, but then, yeah, and then you go around the corner and you've got those kind of like, those things that shoot air at you that's supposed to be crossbows, and then you're kind of done. So I do agree with you on that point. Once you go outside, you kind of, it is just... I must have just, forgotten that whole first section. But honestly, the, the indoor section is really, really good. And I, that's why, yeah, I got... So I was sitting on the bus listening to you guys on the way back from work and I was going, what? What? He doesn't know anything. <laughs> oh, he's a fool. He's a fool. But you're right to assume that. You are very right to assume that. Because <laughs> I, I don't um, know why. I, like, I, I mean, to be fair, I think the last time I went to, to Thought Park was uh, 10 years ago, it must have been. It must have been about 10 years ago. What so, was... Um, was Swarm there? No. Ah, so... That would be in pre twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, so oh, and, yeah. Um, and I suppose the last really, really well, the swarm isn't too badly themed, but it's nothing really of note. Um, again, it's kind of like a slightly de decent queue line with some qu quite nice kind of production, um, well produced video and audio. But apart from that, it's you know, it's it is what it is. You're in um, the only other thing to mention really at Thought Park I'd say for like deep theming and storytelling which and and I'd regret to say this is Darren Brown's ghost train mm, yeah. which and you you guys obviously wouldn't have been on it if you haven't been for 10 years but you know I mean I'm not gonna get too ranty about that ride because I will go on but for the amount of money that they spent on that and what they got it's it's beautifully themed like and the, and the story exists, but it's the execution of it. And so for some reason, it just seems like they can't quite get the perfect balance anywhere when it comes to Merlin, at least in Thorpe Park. Um, but yeah, that ride is, is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the, that's the problem, isn't it? I just think, I mean, obviously budget is a problem in the UK. Yeah. Uh, that's that's got to come, that's got to be the primary reason because you know some of the talent that they've got behind these these attractions, they're they're all great. You know they're, they're in, industry leading in some respects, but it's 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 the inability to be able to secure I think an internationally recognised IP that gives them the money they need to be able to pull off something incredible. I think source source you know is obviously a pretty big one, but outside of that, I think. You find the best themed lands are the are the kids ones, like the the CBBS area in Orton Towers, and I think that's 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 the shame of the of the UK parks, and something that I really hope I almost hope that they get bought out by a, a massive US investor that actually gives some of these parks some life again. Well, I and I'm gonna tread lightly because I'm nowhere near an expert and I might be completely wrong. It must have been about half a year ago, maybe a year ago, when Merlin went up for sale mm. and they, I think they were bought by someone and I think that company might have had, had ties with or either been Lego, like their kind of overarching kind of thing for it. So I, I at the time when I was reading this and I was kind of following it live-ish, 
Um, that really excited me for the exact reason that you said. It's, it's, a, it's not someone from the UK who kind of just wants to save money and do this and do that, but it was a kind of a big creative company that actually might have put some thought and some love into these places. I mean, honestly, a lot of, a lot of times, they just need a clean up and a lick of paint. A kiss yeah. and a cuddle is all they need. Like, it's, it's just... Well, it's crazy, right? Well, the thing I... I mean, it does reflect what's in the parks, but I would quite happily pay... I mean, right now, you can get a season ticket for Salem Towers for like £60. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is insanely cheap. Like, insanely cheap. I would quite yeah. happily pay double that if, if the... And I think a lot of people would if they, for instance, they introduced, and I'm not saying this would ever happen, like a, a whole Doctor Who area or a Marvel area. Marvel's never obviously never going to happen. But you know what I'm saying? That kind of IP where the rides are, you can compare them to Universal or, or Disney or Six Flags in terms of, in terms of the theming. You need, I think, I don't think it's necessary, like it's, it's compulsory, but a big name will draw people in. And, yeah. and when you, and you need, but, but you need to be able to do that name justice or you're going to draw people in and then you're going to drop again because yeah. everyone's going to go, oh, well, you made this Spider-Man ride at Alton Towers and it's terrible. So no one's going to come, that'll spread. And then, yeah, it just, it just won't happen. So I completely agree with you in, in that respect, I think. And what I didn't think about actually is you're completely right when you said you need the IP because you need that to bring the money in. I was going to come, I was going to come, no, I was going to come back to that and say that actually I don't necessarily think that IP is very important. I think you can create something new and exciting without it, but you're completely right. If there's, there's, they're not spending on anything really at the moment anyway. So if, if there's no big money coming in, then they're not going to do it. So yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. And I think you're right. You're absolutely right. If someone like, if we go to Disney, some of our best rides are, original IPs, right? So Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, mm. Big Thunder Mountain, they're all, they're all original thoughts from the Imagineers at Disney that have become IPs over time, really. Um, obviously, Disney have got the perfect mix of both, but I think that's what the UK parks are really missing, that big, big IP that really draws people in. And I think they do a good, a good job at certain parks, mainly for, for kids, with like Peppa Pig World and CB Stand. And the, and the David Williams stuff coming to Alton Towers, that, that stuff's fantastic for families, but there's nothing big, really, that's going to... I mean, Saw's great, but it's, you know, it's pretty much a dead franchise now. Yeah, um, agreed. They need something for, for adults, I think. Yeah. Think it's it's, uh, oh, no, go, go ahead, man. They, they try and... Um, I, don't know, I don't know if they try and focus on too much horror stuff for, for adults. Like, they've obviously got the Saw, they've got Wicker Man, they've got um, Darren Brown to not horror stuff but as such and they've got Walking Dead and everything like that so it's almost like they try and go to the opposite end of the spectrum isn't it where you've got the kids stuff and then you've got the horror stuff do they yeah, and you it, know, should they be focusing like Ryan said there Doctor Who it's obviously not a horror like mm. would that attract more people don't know and, it, and it, in, you're, you're very right it's, it seems like a running thing the only thing any of these Merlin parks seem to open nowadays is doom gloom and horror themed things mm. um, and yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it just needs a bit of a change up, a bit of a. They need to just calm down a bit, take a look at something, just something that they can be a bit more creative about. I think the thing with horror is that it's a bit like horror movies. There's such a kind of cult following behind them that mm. no matter what you make, people will go 
Yeah. Um, horror movies, if you want to make money, make a horror film because people will watch it, um, regardless of how good or terrible. And they're cheap to make. Exactly. <laughs> you can make them for very, very I mean, cheap. If you, if you look at the last few Blumhouse movies, mm. they are so cheap to make on the, for, for the most part, and they make a huge profit. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's because horror, horror fans will watch horror no matter what you stick in front of them. Um, yep. and, I'm, and I'm massively guilty of that. It's terrible. I watched, um, which is actually quite good. I watched a movie called Escape Room last night, released last year, and I was very impressed. I would recommend it if any, there are any okay. kind of horror oh, thrillers out there. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, I suppose nicely transitioning over to Alton Towers then, um, I think that they're kind of, they're getting there when it comes to theming. Mm. Um, I think they, they had it, and then they and then they lost it, and now they're kind of crawling it back. It and the feels I... like so. So I went to Alton Towers for the first time last year because obviously mm. it's like for me it's like the other side of the country completely. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same as me. I'm yeah. I'm in London, so it's a three hour drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I could see what your your point. Like a lot of the attractions felt like if I was here in the late nineties, this would be this would be fantastic. But the problem is all the videos look like they're from the nineties. So like the theming is just like, this is just funny now. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. I think there needs to be a complete overhaul of theme park like ride films. I think someone needs to step in and go, right, we can produce these well for cheap because they're terrible. Also, most things that, um, most things that theme parks seem to post on their social channels are terrible. Yeah. It, 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 it really annoys me, especially working in advertising. It just... Uh, well, I work, literally, uh, my, my job title is Director of Content and Social Media. Well, so. there you go. <laughs> so you, you, must be, you must be able to feel it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain there. Yeah. I think, I think the best example at Alton Towers is definitely Hex, which I think is, is a, a phenomenal, like, whole package around experience, especially after the... Um, the kind of the cleanup scheme they have, the Towers Love and Care scheme they're kind of ongoing with and they started a couple of years back. They repainted it all and everything like that. It's amazing. Did you guys do, did you do Hex when you went? That's the one, um, that's the one inside with the, the illusion, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so, so that is the one that I thought was good, but the movie let it down big time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, it, and I like that because coming off what we were saying about horror, that's, it's spooky and mm. spooky is fine, it, but it's still quite mystical and mysterious and coming, yeah, and, and so you can kind of go in and not be like, oh, this is terrifying, oh, I'm so scared, but kind of this amazing wonderment of all this kind of crazy stuff going on around you, especially with the, you know, with the, with the ride itself. Um, um, but they, I think they did a really, really good job with theming that. Um, and, they've, and they've managed to maintain it really, really nicely as well. Um, everything still works. All the effects still work. And it, um, but yeah, no, I do agree. It, it's just the film that lets that one it down. Is, yeah, it is just a film. I think everything else was, was fantastic. And I'd say that the biggest letdown that I had at Alton Towers was one that I'd heard so many people talk positively about, and that was Oblivion. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just a roller coaster plopped in the park. It's not even a very good roller coaster, and I appreciate it's it's quite old now. Mm. And there's that film; it looks just dreadful. Like it's just so bad. I I I've got a soft spot for that film. I don't know. I think it's because it's so bad 
it's just it's it 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 makes me really happy for some reason (laughs) it's just it's ridiculous and it i think it's also so bad it kind of adds to how creepy like what the creepiness that they're going for um i with with oblivion it's a tough one isn't it for me anyway because it is just an up and down ride but i've done how many dive coasters have i done i can't not many but i i think out of the ones i have done for some reason, the drop on Oblivion still feels the most intense. And I think mm. a lot of people might um, kind of feel that as well, which is strange. And it, it is dull because it's just an up and down ride. Um, and the things you can do with a dive coaster, um, if you look at uh, Efteling um, in the Netherlands, which I went to for the first time in December, um, they have one called Baron. Um, and it is the most spectacularly themed possibly roller coaster i've ever been on in my life it's kind of themed about round um uh kind of like uh ghosts in in like this old mining town and this baron kind of set up this mining thing and then they can't remember exactly how it went but then i think they killed him or something um and you kind of have this amazing pre-show where you go into like the miners um uh working quarters and they've got all of their uh, like stuff there and there's like a little record playing down on the bottom and it looks amazing and then you've got this like full 360 projection map intro show and then yeah. there's practical effects and things start doing and then you go to the next room and there's a massive animatronic baron gabbling at you and sends you through the one i really liked on that you go once you're loaded in and you you start moving on the track you then have like the final pre-show final pre-show um and you're sitting in there and they've projection mapped this room for the ghosts coming out and messing with everything. And you've got these giant wheels next to the thing. So like the mechanics of the thing and they all go wrong and they start spinning. And then you've got my favorite one. You had these three hatches at the top and instead of just projection mapped, they opened, they projection mapped the ghosts going into this hatch, but they do open one of the hatches as well. And it's just those little things, isn't it? And, it, and that's really nice. And then there's massive doors open, and then you go up and you go down the dive. Um, so this, that sounds incredible. And, you know, even yeah. ones that don't have any theming, like uh, Shikra in Bashkar. Yeah, Shikra's amazing. Like, that, that's just incredible. Mm. And what I built up in my head of Oblivion was almost like the UK's version of Shikra. Mm. <laughs> it's nothing like that. <laughs> I think, that, I think, I think Oblivion's, the, the defence for Oblivion is that it was the first. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. That's that's the only defence you can. And you know what? What you're going to put in its place? It's it's not like you can you can take that up, put a massive, uh, huge coaster there because yeah, you know there's, there's only limited space there. So I yeah. can completely understand why it's still there. But I think just a a bit of an update to the to the queue and yeah, video I completely agree. And and, and just and just dust the cobwebs out the corners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, literally just, just give it a bit of love, repaint it a bit. It doesn't cost that much. No. It, it just oh, really it, winds me up. You know, 13, it's fine to keep the cobwebs in there, but I think- Yes, it's, exactly. Oblivion, you need to give it a bit of a-, a Supposed dusting. to be futuristic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 13, obviously- oh, It feels like the crystal maze in the minute. Like, it feels it like does. the future of the crystal maze. A hundred percent. Yeah, as you say, out of the eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen's um, very good. Uh, I really like the theme on thirteen. They do a good job with that. Um, I did I really enjoy thirteen. Actually, I thought I like thirteen. I and think and, really and realized the theming there was was among my favourites. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, I mean, Alton Towers massively screwed up with um, with the. It, it, 
it was a marketing disaster. Did you know much about the marketing behind it? No. Okay, so basically they 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 advertised it as the most, and I think it, it something along these lines was in the tagline, but as the most terrifying ride ever made, basically. And wow. they even they even released um, uh, a post watershed version of the trailer. Incredible. Yeah, so they had two versions of the trailers, and then everyone kind of got and, and they they leaked they leaked report fake reports that you had to sign a waiver to go on it, and they did all of this stuff to um to kind of build it up as this really terrifying ride, and then it, and then it it was just what it was really. It's a family coaster. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a it's a family yeah. coaster that's a bit spooky and done quite well. Yeah, it's a very good family coaster, but it is a family coaster. Yeah, like if yeah. I wouldn't want to take a, a young kids on it because I think there's a queue and everything going yeah. on would scare scare them. Yeah. But I think yeah, once you're on the ride, actually, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's great, but it's yeah, it's a family yeah. coaster. It's tame. It's tame. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, it kind of I suppose left at Alton Towers for the really big ones would be Wicker Man. And you, I know you said that you you weren't blown away by the kind of theming and storytelling in it. I, 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 I thought. Love- I like the queue, and mm-hmm. I think the the issue with the with the theming I had there wasn't the the ride itself. I think the theming was, I think the IP is not the best, which is an issue. issue. Like it's not. It's again, it's a dead IP really. Um, mm. But I think the actual what they did with it, like that, the way that that's built, it looks incredible. The I think the pre-show is very good as well. Mm. The issue I've got is you you plunked it down in the middle of the park. And everything around it has nothing to do with with the ride, and I think that's the problem. There's no like, it's not a themed land, so mm. like, and it's, and it's the same for like you've got uh, thirteen, like pretty close to Rita, but there's just the theming is just kind of all over the place. Yeah, and that's that's my issue with Alton Towers as a whole. I think you've got some great experiences, like um, like Wicker Man, which I think is mm. is great in itself, but the land around it has nothing to do with that. So it's like yeah, version quite a bit. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, especially you know, uh, I suppose for example with uh, Galaxy's Edge and stuff like that, um, you you can't even you can't see boundaries for it. Yeah, you just kind of you know you're there when you're there, and then you know you're out of it when you're out of it. There's no kind of like oh I can I'm kind of half in. And I'm so sorry if I'm wrong. I'm half in Toy Story Land. I'm half in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's one of the main, well, there's a lot of leaves we could take out of the US Park books, but I think that's one of, one of the main things is, you're very right, is, is defining where you are, maintaining where you are, and not being, not breaking that immersion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got like, um, I, now I, I can't remember the names of the right, that very, very, very old, spooky, Buzz Lightyear-esque attraction. Oh, Joe, Joe. Yeah. Right, so I love got, Joe. You've got that, which is fine, and it's kind of in a spooky area. <clears> then right opposite, you've got a place that sells ice cream that has nothing to do, has no theming whatsoever. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a nitrogeni now as well. It is a nitrogeni. Yeah. So it's like, what the, what the hell's that got to do with a spooky themed area? And all it would take is a rebadge of the of the sign and to, to sell, you know, green ice cream or whatever, and immediately you have more theme in that area. Mm. It's, it's not difficult. No, it's not. It's it's small. It's those small touches that the UK scene lacks. It's mm. and I think and I don't know when 
they're, I think they're, they're really trying at the moment. Jude, there's so little investment, but from kind of investment of the past, I don't know, let's say five years, I think they are trying. Um, Paulton's, but again, you know, it follow, I suppose it follows your thing of uh, family parks and them getting the good things, because they are, they're getting this wonderful new land, um, t- uh, Tornado Springs with a, with a really well-themed, um, I think it's a max spinning coaster and like, mm. a, like a new gyro swing. Yeah. Um, and it looks amazing. The um, press day for that, and obviously oh. that's been that's been pushed back now. But well, obviously, we still <laughs> chances are that, that Dan now will, will be able to come with me because uh, he was supposed to be in Florida. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, didn't we do well? We went nearly forty minutes without talking about it. That was amazing. <laughs> that's pretty good. For, that's pretty good for us, to be fair. Yeah, it is. It's, I think it's good for most of the UK at the moment. Yeah, we was we're supposed to be in New York in two weeks, and I was trying oh, to try and get going to try and get back down to Six Flags um, in New Jersey, but that's not happening. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so back to back to on topic, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> as those are my kind of my kit, my like I suppose heavy hitter UK parks that I go to most regularly. Um, I want to definitely do a shout out to Legoland. I think that Legoland are really, really trying. Um, their last big investment was the uh, the Vakoa Madhouse, so the one the, the ride the same as Hex. Um, and they seem to have done a really, really good job with that. And a lot of people are big fans of that. Apart from the fact they built this beautiful front facade, like this haunted house, Lego. And, then, and they left the warehouse exposed. And so you've got this amazing kind of front-facing facade. And then just this dark green tin warehouse with just like a couple of decals on it. And it's just... Ah, oh, brilliant. You were so close. You were so close. Um, yeah, and then they've... Yeah, I think Legoland's cool. I was actually, I was kind of hoping to go there uh, last Friday, but obviously difficulties happened. Um, yeah, and then Paulton's is, looks great. I really need to try and get down there this year if we reopen for the season. Um, uh, I could see a complete shutdown of UK season this year. It's possible. That, I, was, I was speaking to a friend last night, actually. He said, and I don't know, I don't know what you guys would think about this. Do you think they'd extend it? I think, well, if they want to stand a chance of making any money, I think they're going to have to. I, I was, that's exactly what I said. going to buy an pass if the season starts in June, which it could very well do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be a clever idea to, I mean, I don't really, I suppose you can't really do maintenance at the moment, but... Um, well, even, even the likes of Disney and uh, stopped all maintenance and building of yeah. attractions. Yeah, exactly. So you can't really do it now, but you are. I think the difficulty is having that period of maintenance the other side, because obviously you'd want to you'd want to reopen again in uh, in March, mm. end of March. But if you extend the season to Christmas, then you have just kind of un, just over two months to maintain, and yeah. clearly they can't do it well in the time they have now. So let alone the state of everything that it would be if you only gave them two months. I think it could be quite cool to see like more bigger Christmas events um, <clears throat> happening. But then again, well, also... I find it bonkers that the UK parks even shut. Like, I just, I just don't, mm. especially now, our, our weather actually, yeah, we get a few absolutely horrendous weeks. But sometimes mm. that could be in the middle of spring. Like, yeah. for the most part, our winters aren't that bad anymore. And mm. 
I think they maybe just need to shift the way that maintenance works. I mean, because these are rides that are plucked in from Europe and the States uh, in terms of the systems, and they maintain those all year round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to, um, we got, we, and hopefully again, as I mentioned earlier, we went to Efteling for the first time and we went in December in their, for their Christmas event. Um, and it was amazing. Um, they're like, it's so, I don't know, it kind of, and I, and I dare not say this to you guys, but <clears throat> it felt more magical to me than Disneyland Paris does. That wouldn't um, surprise me. But... Yeah. And I actually, <laughs> me and my, me and my, um, me and my girlfriend spent two days there and I, as a general consensus thinking I might have been, might, it might be better than Disneyland Paris. I've heard incredible things about that park and it's very, very, very high on my list of places to go. I mm. think we, I think Dan and I probably will hit it in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, I've just got to wait for the craziness of having a, a new child. Ah, to ah yes, that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's happening in the next three months. So I think yeah. it won't be, but um, certainly in the next, next couple, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. only a few days you need to leave leave for, so it's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I found if you kind of do it, <clears throat> if you can get, um, if you can get around, j just figure out the Dutch school timetables. And we went went on a weekend, and it was still relatively quiet. Um, so you you'd probably be all right. I'd recommend two days though, hundred percent two days. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah. One of our best friends is is Dutch, so we'll just get get on to him, and maybe we'll even drag him with us because he'll just be able to <laughs> sweet talk his way into. And he can be our translator, so that's fine. Yeah, oh, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I, th I think that's kind of my roundup of UK parks. If you guys would like to, I'd really like to talk to you about the horror stuff in the UK. Yeah, I think that maybe let's let's um, let's end the show with some horror talk. That sounds good. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think my my biggest thing about uh, Halloween Horror Nights that I watch is, and again, I I don't know how much I can properly comment on this because I've never been. I've only ever watched, and I've watched for years and years and years and years, um, and I've always wanted to go. But is there is there do they do touch scare in the mazes? Are they allowed to touch you? No. No. Ah, okay. See, I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest difference between the UK and there. And, and it's not all UK horror events where there's touch scare. In fact, I think it's dying down a bit. But Alton Towers is touch scare and, um, and Thought Park is touch scare. Uh, and I, is Tully's touch scare? Tully's is not, no. Um, which is a shame because I really think they could do uh, I think it could it could really bring it up to another level. And Tully's is Tully's. Have you have you been to Tully's? You know what? Well, I've not really done any of the UK um, horror things. I've, I've mm. I know a lot of people that have, but mm. that's, it's again it's on my list. I only just yeah. started getting into Halloween Horror Nights the last kind of two. Of course, years. yeah. So, otherwise, I'm a bit of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> because I now enjoy that event, I think I would mm. enjoy UK events as well. And I think you would, um, but this this is my point. Uh, all of the all of the Halloween Horror Nights ones look amazing, and the, the theming and the scenery is amazing. And you know, it always seems like there are some quite good scares, but they never look really intense. Mm. They all look quite kind of like uh, like fun, scary, jump scary, um, which which is fine and and really really great. 
But I think it, it's always, for me, it's always felt like, and again, just to repeat, I can't, don't have any actual stance in this whatsoever, but it always seems to me like they're just, they're, they're not, they're just a bit more kind of fun and happy-go-lucky scares, whereas some of the UK ones are horrendous. Um, one of, what uh, like, Subterra at... Um, at Alton Towers, mm-hmm. um, now that's that's probably going to be gone by the end of this year. The theory, nothing solid, but it's been there for a very long time, and people seem to be kind of getting sick of it a bit. But I went on that two years ago, and that one, you're standing in the queue, um, and then they've got obviously the announcements going, on, and they had extra announcements. I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. They were like, you will be separated from your party, you will be touched, and I was like, okay, fine. They kind of, I've been in a couple like that before, and they've kind of said it, but it hasn't happened. And we, we got in um, and they had a really, really good pre-show. And one of the things I really liked in that one is that they had the audio really loud, like uncomfortably loud. So it kind of added that extra little layer. Mm. And we went in, we lined up against this room, this wall, um, and this door opened. A guy grabbed me by my shoulders, pretty much hurled me into this labyrinth and slammed the door. That was it, on my own, rest of the thing. And... That was incredible. And the theming in there is still, you know, it's still really high. And it's, uh, but I just, I think there's, there's extra layers of intensity to the ones you get here than the ones you get at Halloween Horror Nights. And actually, uh, uh, kind of across America, um, there's a really, really good documentary on Prime, which is free, uh, called Haunters. Um, and it's about the, uh, the kind of... Uh, horror maze scene in america and just looking at all of them apart from the really extreme ones like the ones which are like really nasty and kind of you do have to sign waiver for waivers for they just seem a bit more tame Mm. i'd say i'd say i i would probably agree like halloween horror nights is fantastic for Mm. if you if you're a fan of horror movies or even something even semi or like like stranger things for instance uh stranger things it's basically like walking through the set. Like the set design is, I think, probably unrivaled, and that's that's what it draws draws people in on. I think the the mazes are all incredibly well done. They're really enjoyable. Uh, I'm easily scared, so it kind of does it. It, it does a good job for me. But <laughs> I had to I had to neck about three pints before going into the first maze. <laughs> but I think it's the it's the set design and the costumes that are actually you can especially when you do the, the maze for like the second or third time uh when you know kind of what's going on you're like oh my god that costume's actually really cool and i can like ghostbusters last year not a scary film mm. but it, it was incredible like how they managed to recreate basically that entire movie it looked amazing it was really really good and mm. that's what universal does really well they have a mm. lot of money and ips that they can call on to bring the crowds in Whereas mm. I think, but the reason I think probably the UK is a bit more intense is because we don't have those IPs, but we can still scare the hell out of people by throwing them into probably quite a terrifying experience. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's definitely my draw to go over to Halloween Horror Nights. It's just, just to see it. It's a spectacle thing, isn't it? Just to see the sheer scale of what someone can do in a warehouse. Like, yeah. and what you can just build out of nothing and create. And that's, that's why I really want to go. Um, like, yeah, I would. My favorite house was probably Killer Clowns. And yes. I'd seen that movie the summer before we went over there. 
and you know for, for the first time and it's it's a terrible 80s oh yeah it's awful <laughs> it, the house was so much fun like they just replicated it perfectly mm. and yeah there's a few jump scares in there but otherwise i was kind of walking around with a smile on my face like this is incredible look at this and had a great time from what i heard and saw last year how was how was us because i really really wanted it to be good but everyone kind of almost kind of just brushed that one aside yeah so I, I, again i'd seen us for the first time probably a few weeks before we went out there mm. uh, it was it was good we enjoyed it the, the soundtrack is obviously blaring out quite loudly of course yeah which, which is a, quite a frightening soundtrack in itself mm. the first half of it is was scary i think because you had the mirrors and that kind of stuff going on and i and we really enjoyed it because we liked the film but i think if you if if you'd not seen the film or you had no like relation to the ip at all it would have mm. been probably quite a bland house i think it was the ip that actually made it better than it was yeah that's that's the impression i got from looking I don't know, I just, I thought they could have done, especially something with like levels, so like floors, if you could have leveled it a bit better and kind of actually made you go properly down into the kind of undergrad thing. Um, like, I, I thought in my head, I was like, oh, what if they actually had an escalator that went down? It is an escalator in the film, isn't it? I'm not going mad. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the, the escalator, and you kind of went through this very small room with this very like red lit up escalator, and it was actually there, and you went, down to somewhere that was my kind of thought of what they do and from what i saw they didn't um and they kind of didn't do a lot so that that one kind of felt um yeah the, it was definitely and the best one i would say is probably the is one of the original ones which was graveyard games yes yeah i uh, that was the one that i kind of got best feedback from from people as that well. was the, the scariest for mm. sure a hundred percent um but otherwise i i just I just had a fantastic time. Like, yeah, of course. It's such a good night. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan and I are planning on hopefully heading back. If, if the event goes ahead, I mean, obviously their, yeah. their planning stages have been completely screwed at the yeah. minute. And again, you know, I, you'd imagine that half of, half of that relies on income from the rest of the year. And if they don't have, I mean, Universal should be fine. But what I know it's is, is probably their biggest, but I reckon it's probably the biggest income that they have. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, That's fair. That, it's crazy, day, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's it is. You go during the day, at that time of year, and the parks are, mm. are pretty quiet, aren't they, Dan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But at night, it, it's insane. So yeah, I think I think they'll push to to get it done because yeah, as you say, it's a it's a massive money earner for all of them, isn't it? So the thirtieth year as well, it's massive. Yeah. But Dan, what 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 the the not, the issue is that I think what are the costs of pushing to get it done? Are they going to end up half-assing it? Which I oh. think would not be. Hmm. That's the thing. They either they either essentially keep the same budget and half-ass it, or they double down, hmm. spend more money on it, put more people on it, and and try and push for for the same plans that they already had. Um, which, given given that it's the thirtieth, I think is what they should do. I think what we might see is maybe. Seven seven houses that are new and three that were maybe there last year. Uh, right. Okay. Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting. What have you guys heard rumours-wise at the moment? Have you heard anything? Because I haven't really. No, not not a great deal at the minute. And I've got an incredibly good source. Um, 
as part of the work I do on Universal After Dark. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, not heard a great deal yet. Mm. I think they're still, from what I understand, um, they're still at a stage where they're working from home and having these kind of meetings and, and sorting things out and kind of at the early planning stages. So, don't think I've seen anything significant leaked yet. I think mm. there's a feeling that they might bring back old characters like um, Jack the Clown mm. and kind of a, like a celebration of the last 30 years. So we might well, see w- some old houses come back. I was going to say, if, 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 it's, if it's difficult to, if you can't double down, why not do a greatest hits year? Which I think, mm. I think at least some of that might happen anyway. Mm. Or you, when yeah. you, maybe what was originally planned, and I don't know this for sure, is like you have a house that is a mix of three different original IPs, something like that, that mm. they've had over the last 30 years. I would have thought those kind of things are being discussed, but I've not heard anything uh, concrete. Yeah, that's fair. No, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I suppose on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a final note, um, go to Tully's. Tully's is absolutely insane. They now have, they had 10 mazes last year, it, one including a kind of like Circus of Horror show, they really opened this new one last year to make 10, which is just the spectacle is mind blowing. Um, it's called Wastelands Penitentiary and they basically created an arena with it. And every half an hour, there's a fire and light show. And it's just, it's mental, the scale of it. And it's all, again, it's one of these ones that's done all in shipping containers. And it's mm. absolutely insane. They've added another one this year, bringing them up to 11, which I believe is the most houses of any scare park in Europe now. And it's, it's just, what they do at Tully's is is second to none. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of big scare parks that happen around the UK, and I need to try and get to a lot more. But for me, Tully's just it, it takes the crown, man. It's it's incredible. Um, so I'd highly recommend going. Um, and if you're going on a weekend, get fast get fast track because you won't do it. You won't do everything. It's it's not possible. There's it gets so popular at the weekends, and there's so many people around. Um, so yeah, if you go on a weekend, I'd recommend getting fast pass. Sounds good. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, definitely on our, uh, on our list. Oh yeah. And also if you're going to go to, if you do make that thought park trip this year, I'd recommend going up Friday night instead of the summer, um, and try and get down on a weekday if you can. I know that's difficult for, for working people like us, but it is, um, it is difficult. Oh, we both get a ton of holiday, don't we Dan? So. Hey, fantastic. Well, you more than me. So. <laughs> I, do, yeah, I, do, I do have more than you. Yeah. Well, you, you've got, you're probably going to have a ton more now that your, your Disney trips. Well, cancelled. yeah, exactly. I've got, <laughs> yeah, I got two I've, weeks to play with. I've managed to recoup about two weeks. Um, Glastonbury's cancelled, obviously. So I got to take a week back for that. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and probably this New York one. So I'm going to be having fun at the end of the year. I'm barely going to be in work. <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone's going to be like. That's the problem. The economy is going to take a double hit. One from yeah. uh, from no one work, working, and then it's the second one, everyone's taking holiday in October, November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the travel industry will be laughing though. Uh, whoever's left, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Survival of the fittest at the moment. Exactly. Oh, well, thanks very much for joining us, Adam. I think that was that was really good to talk chat UK parks actually. Mm. Well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't have, don't get to chat like this very often. So it's really, really nice to be able to kind of vent um, about this sort of stuff. Uh, it's really, really good. So thanks, thanks again for having me on. No worries. And nice. let's, uh, let's catch up again, I think, once, you, once you've uh, hit some more of those parks uh, later in the year. I think that'd be perfect. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So thanks again to Adam for joining us on the show. And as I said, towards the end of the show there, he will definitely be coming back when the season starts. 
and he gets to visit some of the other parks that we were talking about in this week's show. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you have, do let us know on all of the socials. Just search for Theme Park Trader and leave us a positive review if you've liked the show as well. And Dan and I will be back next week. Ah, there you are. And just in time. There's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. <laughs>